know when you just wake up and you know it's going to be a good day? I'm having one of those today. I'm in the groove early. Go to my local coffee shop, the Flying Pony, Gerard Street East and Rhodes. Walk in, just order my regular medium dark roast black. Guy behind the counter goes to me, that's free of charge, Gareth. I'm like, what? Customer Appreciation Day. Customer Appreciation What a concept. When do you get anything free in life anymore that's not going to cost you down the road? I guess just by being a regular, bringing in my smiling face, free coffee this morning. Shout out to the Flying Pony at Rhodes and Gerard. And that's kind of how the day's gone. It's been a great start to the day. It's 11.01, and I got a good feeling about this. Gareth Wheeler with you. This is Toronto Today, right here on TSN 1050. You can get at me at Wheeler TSN. The text is 105050. The email live at tsn1050.ca. Why not? It's a great week. It's Canadian Open Week here in the city. A lot of people are going to be heading down to Glen Abbey. That's going to be good. Um, the Blue Jays are playing in town. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. I think it's a, actually a bad thing when they're playing any other team other than the Baltimore Orioles. Another loss last night. I was considering making a topic today, the Blue Jays at the trade deadline, but look at where the Blue Jays have come from and where they are today in terms of like the non-waiver trade deadline. In past years, it was about who they can get. Now it's about who they can get rid of for players and individuals you've never heard of before. I mean, that's where we're at. Are people in the city actually... Oh, I can't wait for the Blue Jays to trade Jay Happ. What can the Blue Jays get in return for Curtis Granderson? Think about this sad state where this team was just a short time ago to where they are today. So we're going to park that for the time being. Uh, Over the course of the next couple hours, there's a couple of little topics I want to get into. The Carolina Hurricanes continue to embarrass themselves. I'll tell you why and who the the most recent casualty of penny-pinching is within that organization. Uh, Also... Breaking baseball's cardinal rules. Gary Sanchez did that last night for the New York Yankees. Did you see what happened last night with Gary Sanchez? We'll get into this and what a proper repercussion should be for flat out dogging it and costing your team a game. And boy, oh boy, that stuff doesn't go over well in NYC. Uh, But I have one major topic that I kind of want to run through over the next two hours. And I want to get your calls on this. The phone lines are open at 416-870-1050, 416-870-1050, toll free at 1-855-591-6876. Uh, again, the text is 105050 at Wheeler TSN. It's kind of bizarre to me that, I mean, the, produ- the producer of this show, Joe Narsa, is the producer for Leafs Lunch. Leafs Lunch go on a summer hiatus as does the rest of the hockey world. Uh, There have been some smaller signings. Joel Edmondson has signed a new contract with the St. Louis Blues. I mean, this is where we're at right now. At this stage of the summer, hockey talk goes bye-bye, which is really weird to me because you put on ESPN radio, you listen to different American markets. They're talking NFL 24-7. We park the NHL talk. It's just whoop. 
NHL, they're on summer vacation. They're at the cottage. Bye-bye. Well, this is as good of a time as any to start getting excited about the new season and weighing in on where we think things project. And I love the comparable now in our city, right here in Toronto, because all of a sudden, the hockey team and the basketball team have gone from compelling groups, teams with some real talent, into teams I would consider right now as borderline contenders. If not edging over that line to being contenders. Listen, the John Tavares signing, I mean, I was on World Cup coverage. It's one that will excite, the one that will bolster the team down the middle, strong as anyone across the National Hockey League. So, reason to believe, and I heard Brian Hayes say this on Overdrive last night, never mind the future anymore, It's the time to win is now. And not just the time to win, the time to is now to win a Stanley Cup. No more delays. No more prognosticating about the future. You're mindful of it, sure. Absolutely. But this team, after signing John Tavares, is in win-now mode. That is undeniable. So is this Maple Leafs team in a position to win right now? Truly and honestly and earnestly. Is this team, the way they're structured, the players that they have on their roster right now, are they able to compete with the best of the best in this NHL? A league with great parity. A league where, across the board, there are teams that, uh, in, in every division, in every conference, in each of the conferences, sorry, that you can pinpoint right now and say, yep, that team has some real substance. Unfortunately for the Maple Leafs, within their very own division, where you need to get out of that division in order to make it deep in the playoffs, you got the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Boston Bruins who aren't going anywhere. Two very good teams. So you ask yourselves, what can the Maple Leafs do to improve their odds, to improve their chances, to improve this team for the 2018-2019 season, where they will be considered a favorite, not just one of the contenders. And I'm not talking about Vegas odds, because there's more Maple Leafs fans than any other hockey club. They're going to get general play more so than other teams. I'm talking about you're looking at the rosters, you're looking at the composition. Are the Maple Leafs a favorite? Are they a true contender right now to win the Stanley Cup? Or do they need to tinker? adjust, perhaps make that one or two more deals to help put them over the top. The same conversation can now be had about the Toronto Raptors, bringing Kawhi Leonard to town. I don't think that there's anyone that looks at the team now, here on this Tuesday, what is it, July 24th, compared to what they looked like a week ago on the 17th. This team is markedly improved by bringing in Kawhi Leonard and Danny Green. Uh, One of, if not the favorite in the Eastern Conference, I think that's fair. The Philadelphia 76ers, in terms of the ESPN power rankings, which came out together, which is just some guy like me or anyone here at TSN, Steve Eliopoulos behind the glass, or Christoph Mamona coming up with their power rankings. I mean, that's what it's like. But when you put the ESPN beside it, jumps off the page a little bit more. Uh, So whether it's the Raptors, whether it's the Sixers, whether people out there might like the Pacers or the Bucks, the Raptors are most certainly in the conversation in the NBA's Eastern Conference, which if you make it to an NBA final 
where you could put yourself in that category, then you are an NBA championship, a Larry O'Brien trophy contender. You are. If you have eyes, if you can really make the rational argument that you are top two in either conference, you're in the mix. And I think that that's where the Raptors are right now. But the same questions that we'll be asking about the Maple Leafs kind of revolve around the Raptors as well. Are they still one trade away? Maybe a significant signing, a significant dealer, maybe notable. Maybe the word significant's a little bit strong. A notable trade away from being that much better. From maybe patching up a hole or two within this roster that you may have a question about. How close are the Raptors to be considered contenders? And yes, they're not the Golden State Warriors, but who is? Again, my rationale, top two team in a conference, you are a legitimate contender from where I sit. And you could argue with me, you can disagree, that is cool. But based upon what we see from the Maple Leafs, and what they are right now, and what we see from the Raptors, and what they are right now, here's my poll question today. And you can hit me up at Wheeler, TSN on Twitter, at TSN 1050 Radio. If it hasn't been retweeted, it will be in short order. Who needs to make another notable trade or signing more than the other to cement their contender's status for this upcoming season? Is it the Toronto Maple Leafs or is it the Toronto Raptors? Let's compare, let's contrast, and this is a positive conversation to have because there's a lot of substance to both teams, but you just kind of feel, and I don't know if you agree, um, but I feel that both of these teams are kind of that one or two moves to varying degrees away from really giving this entire city a lot of confidence that you can compete for a title this season. Uh, You may disagree. I want to hear from you. Which team needs to make a trade or signing more than the other to cement their contender status? Is it the Leafs? Is it the Raptors? 416-870-1050. Toll free at 1-855-591-6876. That is 1-855-591-6876. The text is 1050-50. Uh, the email live at tsn1050.ca and at Wheeler TSN. Which team, the Maple Leafs or the Raptors, need to make a trade or signing more than the other one to cement their contenders' status? Um, I'll make my arguments um, because I think you can make decent arguments for both teams and the way that they're structured right now. With the Maple Leafs, it's quite apparent where they need help. And I think if they do not bolster in one particular area, they're not setting themselves up for disaster or failure or anything like that, but you won't solve any of the problems that have plagued this team over the last couple of years. Defensively, they're not good enough. Can we all just say this together? Defensively, the Maple Leafs are not good enough. They gave up the fourth most amount of shots per game in the NHL last year. I know shots per game, where are they coming from? I get you. But the only three teams... They gave up more shots per game than the Toronto Maple Leafs were three non-playoff teams. Islanders, Rangers, Panthers. It's not a recipe for success. Frederick Anderson is far too overworked, sees far too much puck, and once one goal-scoring chance happens, whether it's from a periphery, for every chance that comes from the outside, there's good chances that come on the inside. And when push comes to shove and you start playing really good teams and a playoff brand hockey, 
like you did against the Bruins, it's going to come back to bite you. And Anderson gave up seven goals twice. The Maple Leafs gave up seven goals twice in a seven-game playoff series after not doing it all season long. And that shows you where the bar needs to be set. Things need to tighten up immeasurably on the back end. And that's one area where this team has not improved or bettered themselves from last season. We all think that Travis Dermott's going to take a jump. And, and I'm, I'm with you on that. We all like Dermott as a player. We all like where he's potentially going. But if you look at the rest of the back end, Morgan Riley, I know some people are bigger fans of Morgan than I am. I don't dislike him. I think he's a very good, but not a great player. Zaitsev was a night, nightmare last year. Jake Gardner, I, I, I actually still can't believe he's a Toronto Maple Leaf, the way that he went out in the playoffs. And we know what Jake Gardner is. He's like 27 years old now. He's not a kid. And we know what he's about. We know what he brings to the table. We know what he doesn't. And he's a free agent after this year. Hainsey, God bless him, 37, 38 years old, veteran guy, lot of miles, limited, and playing far too many minutes for my liking. And Connor Carrick, or whoever you else plug in, hardly builds or brings lots of confidence to the table that he can help this mediocre, at-best group become that much better. So when, when you look at these six on the back end, can you really tell me that the defensive play structure around Frederick Anderson or in front of him is going to protect him anymore to come away with any kind of different result. Tavares is great, and it pushes Kadri down. I understand all that. You're, you're more well-rounded in terms of your forward lines, and you got to defend in fives, not twos. So I understand that. But at the end of the day, you need some no-nonsense defenseman back there to help make Frederick Anderson's life that much easier. And until they do that, I have a hard time thinking right now on paper that they've jumped over teams that have that on the back end, like the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Boston Bruins, who are in your exact same division. Love Tavares. Love what this team has in terms of offensive potential. Don't like what they have at all in the back end. As for the Raptors, is Danny Green an ideal starting two player? I mean, two threes, they're interchangeable. Is he ideal in that role at 31 years of age, coming off a down year? Maybe. Projects absolutely as a rotation guy. Will C.J. Miles bounce back from what was a campaign where he struggled last year? With health, with off-court, distractions, wasn't very good. And what about the Serge Ibaka problem in the front court? That's a real issue for this team as well. Are you really going to relegate Serge Ibaka now to a bench role? Or will Jonas Valanciunas be sacrificed? I, I'm thinking that you want OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam somehow, some way in that starting five. I know that you're breaking up the bench mob by potentially moving Siakam into the starting five. But what gives you the best chance to win? Right now, and the way that Siakam is trending and going, I think you want him on the court as much as possible. So this Raptors team, I think that there's a little bit of an imbalance in this team, and there could be a move or two there to make to make this team that much more well-rounded and potentially even better in terms of upgrades and outside scoring. 
I mean, defensively, they look to be a much more complete unit. But Nick Nurse, their new head coach, he's known for his offensive ways. And does he not have enough tools in various molds to go about and be that much more of a dangerous team? So I think both the Leafs and the Raptors have question marks still about their team and what they can be. But who needs a trade or signing more to take them to that next level? Is it the Maple Leafs? Is it the Raptors? Let's talk about this now, Toronto. 416-870-1050. 416-870-1050. Toll free at 1-855-591-6876. It's at Wheeler TSN in the Texas 105050. It's a great morning across this city. Let's light up these phone lines, Toronto, and do this. Gareth Wheeler with you. This is Toronto Today right here on TSN 1050. 1221 Toronto Today Wheels with you asking you which team needs to make another notable acquisition, trade, signing more than the other Raptors or Maple Leafs to really cement themselves as a true contender. So many people hit me up. Uh, Troy hit me up saying the Maple Leafs are just a Ryan Ellis type player away from being the favorites to go on and win the Stanley Cup. Um, Other people writing in including Mike saying the Maple Leafs are a top line or top frontline defenseman, I should say, away from being that true Stanley Cup contender. Do the Maple Leafs need that? What else do they require? I still think they're a move or two away. But that may not be the case in other people's eyes. You can hit me up. The text is 105050 at Wheeler TSN. Let's check out my good buddy James Myrtle. The first time I've caught up with James all summer long at Myrtle. On Twitter, uh, basically the man when it comes to uh, the Athletic Toronto. I think that's actually on his business card. James Myrtle, the man. And he joins you right now on Toronto Today. What's going on, Myrtle? Not much. What's up with you, Wheeler? Is that accurate? Or do you not carry business cards? No, I haven't had business cards in quite a while, to be honest. Yeah, they don't. Uh, I did get asked for one on the weekend, but it's not very often that you do. Right. Random people ask me for one. I'm like, dude, I have not had a business card. I can't even remember the last business card I had. But if you did have one, it would say the man, wouldn't it? <laughs> I don't think so, no. That, that's the more important part. Uh, good to catch up, James. We haven't chatted all summer. Hope you're doing well. And obviously, Tavares' mania has taken over this city. And the hype train and is going. I think we're all aboard. But are the Maple Leafs still a move or two away from really cementing that contender status? Uh I would be comfortable saying they're one of many contenders in the NHL right now. Obviously, if you can add, you know, as you said off the top, a a top pairing D, I mean, that's going to really push them into the upper echelon of the NHL. You know, they're probably the fifth best team in the NHL right now or fourth best. I mean, they finished seventh last year. Um, Didn't change a whole lot other than adding John Tavares, which is obviously a big piece. Um there is a big hole there, especially on the right side on the blue line. I mean, the, the thing is, is it's really hard to find that piece. I mean, there really wasn't anything available in free agency. Um, and any kind of a trade for a guy who's going to be a surefire top pair right shot D, you're going to be giving up a lot. So you're going to be subtracting something from the roster. And, you know, I I think that they should still do something. But I think we have to be realistic that it's going to be hard to, to get the exact piece that they need right now. Okay. Um, would you agree with me that right now, because of this Tavares signing, they put themselves in win-now mode? Yes. We're, we're, yes, we're both on board with that, right? Y- yes. 
Um, and I think part of the problem is that they're doing business in a league where we're not seeing teams take big swings like we are, as we've seen in the NBA. Teams are much more conservative. There haven't been a whole lot of big trades that have been consummated over the course of this offseason. So I need to take into consideration the environment that they're playing in as well. But isn't this where you're advanced scouting? Um, and basically your knowledge of other teams and their depth really comes into advantage. Like Your job now is to mine what you require on your roster to take you up a few notches, and I just look at that on the back end, James. I have a hard time believing it's impossible for the Maple Leafs to upgrade their back end as it stands right now. Yeah, I think you're 100% right. I think that they need to use the tools that they've got, you know, including the analytics, including their pro scouting and try and find some unheralded gems that could come in. And you look at what Vegas did last year with a blue line. It was only making $10.5 million with their top six. You know, they did that with a lot of guys, Colin Miller and Nate Schmidt and uh, Shea Theodore and uh, Braden McNabb. I mean, you, you got to try and find pieces like that that can play higher in the lineup than their teams think and that other teams around the league think. And, make uh, a kind of a, a value deal like that. I mean, if they can bump one of Zaitsev or Hainsey further down the lineup on the blue line, I think that they get a lot stronger. And I, I think sometimes it's over-exaggerated how bad, quote-unquote, bad the Leafs D is. I mean, they're probably in the middle of the pack or maybe just outside that. But it's it's obviously still a weakness. And it's a weakness because, you know, you think about what D pair do you want to have out there when the game's on the line or you're trying to shut down a star player on the other team. And there's not really a great answer for that. And, you know, I almost wonder if they go into the year, they see what they've got, uh, October, November, uh, and somewhere between December and the trade deadline is when they, they, they've got the cap space. They could potentially trade their first round pick or they can trade a young player. I wonder if that's what they do. And they look and see what's available there in the mid season. Uh, if it's uh, still a glaring need at that point. Right. Um, Look, I'm not even in that category where the Maple Leafs need a top-pairing defenseman. I just want some players that can actually go out mm-hmm. there and defend. Mm-hmm. Like, you're putting way too much pressure on Freddie Anderson, and Tavares signing, for me, does very little to solve that. And I understand that you defend in fives, not twos, James, but Frederick Anderson made over 100, over 100 more saves than any other goaltender in the NHL last year. I mean, you're one of these guys that look at trends and stats. I mean, that's not sustainable, is it? No, he's played too much. He's played too much both the last two years. He started 66 games the last two years, and that put him second in the league last year. And, you know, the trend is moving away from goalies playing 65-plus games in the NHL, and with good reason. I mean, the schedule is super packed with 3.1, 3.2 games a week in the league. Um, I think you're going to see Anderson play less. I think that potentially... I think probably Garrett Sparks, who was the AHL goalie of the year, is going to be the backup and that he's going to take on more of the load. But I also think that having Tavares does make the Leafs better defensively. I mean, he's a huge upgrade over Tyler Bozak. He gives them all right. of a sudden three really good lines. Um, I, I just think that the Leafs are going to be a better two-way team. But I, I hear what you're saying. And I wouldn't be surprised if Kyle Dubas wants to get a look at some of the Marley's defensemen. He thinks he's got some unheralded gems in there and that a Justin Hall or uh, Callie Rosen or some of these guys that played really well in, in the Marley's winning the Calder Cup, if he thinks that maybe they have a shot, maybe he wants to see what they've got in training camp. And I expect that at least one of those guys is going to make the team and, and contribute. And whether or not they can play um, 
in a second pair capacity, like you're kind of saying, up maybe upgrade around there as opposed to just the top pair. I I don't know, but. I wouldn't be surprised if they want to get a look at, at those guys in those roles. And, and that's a great talking point right there. It's James Myrtle, editor-in-chief of The Athletic Toronto, joining us here on Toronto Today. I'm Wheeler. He is at Myrtle. And when uh, Kyle Dubas came on our airwaves after making the Tavares signing, he said, we can still keep all of our big guns. You can still keep Tavares, Matthews, Nylander, uh, Marner, etc. Uh, over the long term. But if you sign there, then what you need to do is sacrifice elsewhere, and you really need to rely upon your farm system and your AHL team to provide requisite talent to fill other holes in the lineup. So it might not be sexy like going out and making a big trade, but if you're going to structure your lineup and your salary cap that way, then you really need to rely upon the AHL side, don't you? Yes. There's no 100%. other way. There's no other yes. way. Yeah, and you got to find unheralded gems and you know, Justin Hall, if he can play at the NHL level, they signed him to a two-year deal for right near the league minimum of $650,000 a year. So, you know, if he can play, even if it's 14 minutes a night and contribute, you know, that's a huge win for your salary cap for sure for the next two years. So they're going to look for all kinds of things like that. Um, and I wonder if, too, with the blue line, what they're going to be looking for is guys that can just get the puck back and get it to their really talented forwards and get it out of their zone as fast as they can. And it doesn't necessarily have to be make a big hit or make an amazing play or anything like that. It doesn't have to necessarily be pretty. Um, the way that the Marlies defense played all year is that they really activated the D and they would skate the puck out and they would move it quickly. And, you know, I think that they've got the the wingers and the centermen now that they're going to be able to make those plays in the neutral zone and 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 turn it into a, an offensive chance. Um, so that's that's what Kyle Dubas is going to be looking for. Sure. I mean, but, but James, we can acknowledge that the AHL and the NHL aren't like for like. No, they're not. But I mean, a lot of those guys that contributed on that Vegas team were playing in the AHL. I mean, Shay Theodore would played his whole year, almost his whole year in the AHL the year before, and then all of a sudden he was a second pair guy in the NHL. So what we're seeing in the NHL is that. It's it's changing really fast, but there's a lot of turnover year to year. You know, it's a huge percentage of the year that's jumping from junior or Sweden or Russia or the AHL into the NHL every season, and then you're seeing guys that are 30 plus are getting pushed out faster and faster. So, you know, I think I think part of what we're seeing is that the speed of the game means that the league needs to get is, is getting younger, and part of getting younger just means guys from the AHL are making that jump faster. Right. The, the concern is that a Frederick Anderson takes a step back, your goaltender doesn't do the job, and you start looking a lot like the Dallas Stars. Don't you to a certain degree? Um, and, and I say that because when push came to shove in the playoffs, this Maple Leafs team, after not giving up seven goals all of, throughout the regular season, gave up seven goals twice in a seven-game series. Yeah. So, I mean, and, and that's a different style, a little bit of a diff, more aggressive brand of hockey. Like, look, I'm not concerned about the Maple Leafs during the regular season. This team has enough talent to see your way through to be a very good regular season team. But in the playoffs, when you got to come out of a division featuring the Lightning and the Bruins, that's why, for me, you need something different on the back. And I'm just about keeping it simple, James. Defensemen who can defend. That's where the priority should be. Well, I mean, I think you make a good point with Anderson where the last two years he's been outplayed in the first round of the playoffs. You know, Braden Holtby was better than him two years ago. Uh, and the Bruins goaltending, Rask, was better than him uh, this time around. So... 
you know, that with the way that the Leafs are constructed and with how many opportunities they give up, that can't be the case. I mean, you, you're going to need your goaltender to either outplay the other goaltender or you're going to have to get better defensively or both. And I'm sure they're going to work on that. And I wonder if what we talked about earlier, where you dial back Anderson's workload during the season, if that's going to help him execute better when you get to April. I just, It just felt like they played him in so many meaningless games down the stretch. They essentially had third in the Atlantic locked up in early February, and they kept playing <laughs> yeah. Anderson more and more and more, right. and, and and they played Ron Hainsey a whole bunch, and it just felt like they should have dialed everything back, and you look at the Atlantic, and I mean, maybe the Florida Panthers take a step and challenge, but it feels like it's going to be the same three teams there again, and the Leafs are going to be locked into a playoff spot relatively early. They need to be, I think, a little bit more proactive in resting guys. Right. Uh, Panthers could be that team that closes the gap if Luongo's healthy and can still play at a high level, but uh, that remains to be seen. My my only question, just in terms of players who are still on this roster, I, I mean, the Maple Leafs went into last season. We all saw it coming from a mile away. JVR, Komarov, Bozak, goodbye, goodbye, goodbye. All three of their contracts were run out, but all three can be replaced relatively easily, and especially when you bring in a Tavares instead of a Bozak. That is a significant upgrade right there. But now Jake Gardner's going into a contract here on the back end. He's Uh coming off a miserable finale to his playoff season, and I'm kind of surprised he hasn't been moved out yet, James. Um, Could you see this scenario playing out just like it did for the aforementioned three, where you just keep a hold of Gardner and then replenish internally uh, next year? I guess it could happen. I I think that this new management team with Dubas and Brandon Pridham and Lawrence Gilman is going to try and not lose good players for nothing in, in free agency. So that would mean either de- de- deciding right now that either you want to sign Jake Gardner to a new to a contract extension or moving him and, and getting something back. So I would be surprised if like if you keep walking guys to free agency every year and then losing them. Jonas Siegel and I have had this argument over and over again. He said it's fine if you keep them and let them walk, but if you do that year after year after year, you're shedding talent and you're not bringing anything back in. So I think at the very least you explore what does he want in a contract extension and are you comfortable with that? And then you also explore what is he available for in the market. And if you can get something that is equal value to Jake Gardner, which might be a difficult trade to make, but if you can, then I think you got to think about it because you don't want to be taking key pieces of your team, and regardless of how poorly he played in the playoffs, he is a key piece of their team. You don't want to keep losing those for nothing. So right. the tough thing is you look at contracts guys are signing around the league, like what Matt Dumbo got from the Wild the other day. Jake Gardner can, in on the open market, is worth a lot more money than I think a lot of people in Toronto think he is. Yeah, and I wouldn't want to spend that money on Jake Gardner. We know what Jake Gardner is, and we know what certainly he is not. That's why I'm still surprised that he's still part of this team, and unless you believe that he is a key ingredient to putting together a Stanley Cup contender, uh, I would move him right now. I would have no hesitation in doing so, James. I know that Gardner's agent, Pat Brisson, the same agent as, as John Tavares, has, has met with Kyle Dubas and talked about Jake Gardner's contract. So it's it's on their radar. I'm sure that management just wants to know what he's asking for, and, and they can make the decision whether or not they want to meet, meet that price or not. Interesting. Uh, great catching up, James. I know that this is kind of the dry period for Hockey Talk, but we want to keep this going. There's a lot of excitement uh, about Tavares, and there's no point of putting it to the back burner until the fall. So uh, let's continue to have this conversation. Thanks for joining me, pal. Really appreciate it. And no matter what anyone says, you are the man. All right. I appreciate that. Thanks, pal. Good to chat with you.
James Myrtle, editor in chief of the Athletic Toronto at Myrtle, kind of outlining what the Maple Leafs look like. I still think that there's a move or two to be made, and that includes sending Jake Gardner out. So, where are you at right now, Toronto? With the Maple Leafs and the Raptors, that's the poll question today. Which team is that one move away from cementing themselves as a true contender? Is it the Maple Leafs? Is it the Raptors? The text is 10-50-50. The email live at tsn1050.ca. At Wheeler TSN. We'll open up the phone lines in a few moments' time. This is Toronto Today right here on TSN 1050. The greatest moments in history are now up to you. This is TSN 1050's Sound Wars. As long as I don't have to throw to another Phil Kessel clip today, I'll be fine. I keep on saying the obsession of people in this city with Phil Kessel is puzzling. It's uh, 1142 here on Toronto. Today, this is Sound Wars Battle from the Oh My Goodness Conference. It's seed number two. Going to Boston, baby. There goes Rask to the bench. Empty net. Leafs get it out in center. To the line. Here's Placanitz. Scores! We're going to Boston, baby! Love Joe Bowen so much. The enthusiasm. What he brings to the table each and every night. Solid. The only downside of that is I remember what happened when they went back to Boston. And that was a not very good. Uh, Let's hear seed number seven. The Marlies winning the Calder Cup. Ben Smith across the line. Takes the eight. Fifteen into the city. Taking care of business. Ben Smith makes it five-one. On your feet, Rico. Awesome. Todd Crocker bringing it. I like both those. I love it. Marlies versus Leafs. Leafs versus Marlies. Here we go. Go to tsn1050.ca. Click on Sound Wars and vote for your favorite. Going to Boston, baby, or the Marlies win the Calder Cup. Voting for this Sound War closes at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Listen to Overdrive later today for the results and for the start of a new Sound Wars Battle right here on TSN 1050. Phone lines are open 416-870-1050, 416-870-1050. You can hit me up at Wheeler TSN. Which team just needs to make that one move to cement themselves as true contenders? Which team needs to make a deal more? Is it Leafs or Raptors? Just very quickly... Uh, multiple people hit me up that uh, one person hit me up saying they like Jake Gardner, but they agree with moving him. Look, I know exactly what Jake Gardner is and is not, and he's not good enough. Joel hit me up at Wheeler TSN. Look, he's a 52-point plus-nine defenseman. And you want to run him out of town? Yes, I do. He's in a contract year. Uh, out of those 52 points, only five were goals, and he's a defensive liability. I want defensemen who can play. And until the Maple Leafs upgrade their back end, I don't think they got a shot of truly winning a Stanley Cup. They're close. They're so close. I don't even think they need a top-pairing defenseman, just defensemen who can defend. 416-870-1050. Let's go up to Sudbury. Patrick, what's going on today, Patrick? 
Oh, it's going good. How are you? Good, pal. The floor is yours. Which team needs to make a deal more to become a contender? Uh, I'm going to say probably for this year, I would probably say Toronto. Just, you made some good points about their defense, but I don't think it's going to be a huge change. I'm with you on the Gardner's thing. I'd love to see that guy moved eventually before the season starts because I feel like that's where his value is going to be is before the season. But uh, the Raptors, are, you know, they, they've always had a good bench the last two years. I thought the young yep. guys are playing well. But the Leafs window is just open too. So I really think, like, you know what, Toronto has a much larger window, so I'm not too worried if they don't want it this year because I can see them winning it in the next, like, you know, four to five. But, but, Patrick, which team, like, is just that one move away? Which team do you think it's more critical that they go out and make some kind of transaction? I'm going to say Toronto, just because... Yeah, but which Toronto team? The Raptors and the Maple Leafs? <laughs> I know, I know. I was just going to say the Maple Leafs. Okay. Yeah, and the reason why, I just like I said, they, that defense, it's been sloppy. And I, I do like the young guys having the Marlies, but they just don't have enough experience, I think, yet. But there's some guys out there, like a Justin Folk from Carolina or something like that, that I'd love to see the team go get to solidify that back end, that top four. That top four is just a little too soft, I think. Thanks, Patrick, for the phone call. Appreciate it. Sorry for busting your chops as well. I just love that. Which team needs to improve more? Toronto! <laughs> That's awesome. Patrick, you're a beauty. Let's go out to Robbie in Etobicoke. What's going on, Rob? Not much, Gareth. How you doing, buddy? Doing awesome, buddy. Which team do you want to see make that one more deal? Well, I mean, I'm not exactly 100% sold on the Raptors in terms of, yes, I'm excited with Kawhi coming, and, and I think they're obviously going to be better defensively, but... My concern with, with the Leafs, and I know most people might, might think, obviously, the defense is not what everyone hopes it, it, it would be. But I just think that when you look at, and I don't want to get into the analytics and all that stuff, but realistically, with Roman Polak shipped out, with uh, JVR and Bozak, who were probably two of the worst uh, of their forwards that were on the defensive side of the puck were, were liabilities, I think you're already ahead in terms of team defense. And like you said, when you were talking with Myrtle, it's a five-man defense. Yes. Everyone's focused on the 6D, but if they play as a unit, which is where they're supposed to, I think they're going to – I don't want to say it's a Band-Aid, but when you look back at, um, you know, when, when the Pittsburgh Penguins won the Cup a few years ago or two years ago, they didn't have Latang, so they didn't have the one number one stud guy. They had a bunch hey, of- Robbie, let me cut you off here. Like that, cause, and and I'll, I'll invite you back in. But this is always the example now that people use. that uh, uh, To justify not having defensemen that can defend, well, the Pittsburgh Penguins did it. It doesn't mean that that is the only recipe for success. And I think that you got to look at each case on a case-by-case basis. And what we see from this Maple Leafs, when push comes to shove, when teams start forward-checking, when teams start playing more aggressively in playoff time, this defensive back end capitulates. There's no muscle. There's no strength. There's a lack of defensemen that can defend. So can we at least acknowledge that, Rob? That, yeah, that those Penguins teams might not have had that star power, but at least they had a little bit of sandpaper, a little bit of resistance to protect 100%. their goaltender? Gareth, 100%. You, you, I mean, I'm not, I, I didn't mean to bring up the Penguins as. I know, well, they I know. Do it, it's a pet peeve of mine. Pet peeve of mine. No, and I, and I agree. I mean, it, it, it's clearly, it's not a solve it, easy solve it type of question just to compare to another team entirely. But when I look at the, the, the players that are, you know, we, we saw Charlie McAvoy, and I know he's special in Boston, but he comes in out of college and he's added probably two or three years to Zadino Chara's career, just the way he's able to lug the puck out and help out. You know, 
somebody like a Travis Dermott, someone like a Justin Hall, if given the opportunity, I think they're going to be able to pick up the pick up the pace. The sandpaper is probably a concern. We'll have to wait and see. And before you you let me go, I would agree with the Gardner thing. I'm not a fan. Um, I think what he brings offensively is less important to the fact that he's just a disaster in his own end. Right. Thanks for the phone call, Rob. Great points. Always appreciate it. Love the passion as well from Robbie and Etobicoke. Uh, Look, maybe, like, Dermot, I think, is going to be a real player. I think there's really something there. I'm not denying it. But you need balance through the rest of the back end. Gardner doesn't cut it for me. Zaitsev doesn't cut it for me. Carrick doesn't cut it for me. So there's three guys right there. He's asking a ton to put on Morgan Riley and Ron Ainsey's shoulders. I just, I, I don't see it from a back end perspective. Let's go to just outside of Orangeville. Where's that? Well, I know where Orangeville is, but where's just outside of Orangeville? Gary, welcome to the program. Hey, Wills, how's it going, man? Good, buddy. Where just outside of Orangeville are you? I'm floating all around between Grand Valley, Mono. I'm a gardener, so awesome, I'm on buddy. The road a lot. Awesome, good stuff. Uh, where do you yeah, sit on this? Regards- go ahead, Gary. Sorry, with regards to your question, man, I think the Raptors already made the move. Um, acquiring Kawhi and Green, um, they feast up three-point shooting, incredibly enhance their defense as well as their offense, and I think that's the move already done. As far as the Leafs go, I think they're probably a couple men short on the back end, man. And I agree 100%, 1,000%. Gardner's got to go, dude. The guy is such a coward. He's so unpredictable. And there's, there are times I shake in my head. I, couldn't even, I can't even believe the guy's a pro. Um, you know, he has done some good things, but he's way too unpredictable, man. He's got to go. He's, I, I think that if you can insulate him appropriately and protect him with a really good defensive defenseman, then he can be okay. But you cannot yeah, rely yeah. upon him, especially with the players that you have on this Maple Leafs team. There just isn't a right mix, Gary. No, no, the back end's uh, it's struggling. But I think maybe two pieces in the back end, two, like you said, two, just two solid guys that can defend. They don't right. got to be ones or twos. They could just be half-decent threes or fours that can give you some quality defense, especially in the playoffs. I think that's all the difference right there for the Leafs. Good stuff, Gary. Appreciate it, pal. Let's go to Daniel in Toronto. What's going on, Danny? Hey, Gareth. How are you? Doing awesome today. You? Good. Uh, no complaints, my friend. As long as we're healthy, that's all matters. Right on. And the sun is shining, then two thumbs up. Uh, exactly. Where do you stand on this? Uh, you know, I'm not convinced that the Raptors are done, actually. Yeah, me neither. I, 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 think they, I think they might make a, maybe one more move. I'd like to see them get another rebounder, actually. Um, I, I think it's, uh, it's, it's I think it's important that they have another guy who can, uh, you know, follow Jonas uh, into the game after he comes out just to pick up slack on the boards, right? They gave up Pirtle in the trade, um, so I, I think they might have to enforce that a little bit. And uh, I just want to just want to say a couple things about the trade, if you don't mind, Garrett. Sure, go ahead. You know, I, I feel that there's been a lot of misconception, angst, and animosity regarding the trade, and I think that the trade is fantastic. And if you're a basketball fan who understands, um, like me, and I'm patting myself on the back. I mean, I've been watching the Raptors since <laughs> I was you know, a kid, and I'm 43 years old. Um, it's one of the best trades they've ever made. I think that you know, they, for them ever to get a top-five player in the NBA, this is the way that they have to do it, take a gamble on a guy who people thought maybe had an injury issue. Uh, I think that they, 
you would have rebuilt in 20 to 24 months regardless. So, you know, they're getting rid of salary. So even if Kawhi doesn't sign here after the season's over, they have a lot of flexibility under the cap. We own his bird rights, which is also something that's not talked about often. Um, as well, the pick that we gave up was protected. So, you know, this, this trade only has benefit for us. And there's also a couple other intangibles, which I've heard. Number one, the only player that he communicates with on the Spurs is Danny Green. As well, his mom, who's a big influence, like in the Vince Carter type of way on him. Um, friends with Norm Powell's friends, mom. Yeah, they grew yeah, up, they grew up playing. Powell, and friends with Norm Powell's mom. So Daniel, I, mean, I, actually, I actually had a writer on from San, uh, San Diego yesterday, and he knows Kawhi better than anyone. He's been covering him since high school ball. And he said that him and Powell are tight, and and and, and they go way back. And he believes that Kawhi, there's a real good chance that he stays here long term. Yeah, I mean, this is a place where he can be the star without anybody telling him how to act from a, a like a personnel perspective. Right. You know what I mean? Like he played in San Antonio. Daniel, sorry, sorry I, I'm up against it. I just got to cut you off. All great points, outstanding call. Uh, I'm going to get to Tyler, Daniel, Rob, and you as well. 416-870-1050. More of your calls at the top of the clock. Who needs to make a trade more to cement their status as a contender? Is it the Maple Leafs? Is it the Raptors? Gareth Wheeler with you. This is Toronto Today right here on TSN 1050.